10 from the 11. Travis under pressure, trying to escape, able to escape. Turns the corner, stays in back. What's going on, guys? It is another episode, episode 37 of the Knowles and Dogs podcast. We are back for week five preview. I almost said yep. recap. We're not there yet. That's next week. Um, this show is not sponsored by Alani, but if Alani wants to help us sponsor, we will. We'd love it. We would absolutely love a sponsorship from Alani. That would be um, awesome. That'd be incredible. <laughs> I. Uh, um, so <laughs> we, uh, have had some technical issues, but we are back now yep. and, uh, ready to talk about some football for week five. Dylan, how are we feeling again? I will ask you that. Oh no, we're feeling amazing, man. I mean, it's a beautiful Thursday afternoon. It's, you know, I don't know where you are right now, how it is out there for you, but you know, it's semi clear skies, no rain, relax. It's, it's partly, it's cloudy and I think like 80 degrees. So. Not bad. Uh, you know it's 90 here, but you know we we give it in case. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 90 here. So, but um, just another day I, in paradise. <laughs> I'm another just day. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk some college football with you today. I mean, last one we talked about um, week four. So I I mean I can't believe we're moving so quick into the season. Really, it's going by too fast. I mean October is just mm-hmm. a few days away. Is now, what 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 day do uh, we we get our college football rankings? Uh, um, not, the playoffs don't come out yeah. till late November, like probably week ten or eleven, maybe. I want to say it's like late in the mid to late November, mm. which I don't mind. I I like that. Yeah. Or what they should do is just have them come out every week, start the mm. year. And get rid of the AP because the AP is just a joke in general. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, no, there's no need to wait. I mean, I see why they do it, but there's just not really a point to it, if we're being honest. So, at least personally. I'm out on Halloween. What was that? Halloween. Comes I would on Halloween night. Spooky. Week nine. I know teams like Texas A&M are shivering in their boots. <laughs> I don't know why Texas A&M. I don't know that honestly. If I'm going to be honest, all, totally honest with everyone, no mm. shot at A&M fans. But that was just the first name popped in my head. I don't really know why. But yeah, that's fair though. Anyway, so we have a good selection of games to talk about today. We are going to mm-hmm. headline about four games that we are really focused in on some other ones that we're going to talk about, but and we're all of course score predictions. We, I don't think we should ever keep track of our score predictions or just predictions in general. I feel like that's a lot of just failure that we're going to look back on. You know, maybe, you know, maybe next season, if we get, you know, a little bit, we set up an Instagram, we can keep track of that. But I feel like, I feel like we're going to be too upset with how bad the ranking or, uh, 
numbers come of, out to me, it's like, oh, you know, let's forget. It's about like it. on game day, you know, the yeah. Herb Street McAfee and then like they don't keep track. It's just they keep yeah. track of the guest pickers. Yep. Yeah. But what we do keep track of are best bets because we are eight, five, and one, folks, mm-hmm. this week. They're this season. I mean, Two and one and one last week. A stupid push by Notre Dame because they can't play defense in the final drive. So, other than that, solid week. Two. That's that's over five hundred football, baby. So oh, we yeah. have. I got four more picks for you guys this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have upset alert, and uh, as usual, you know, go through, and we just think which game might be the biggest one on. To keep an eye on, you know, yeah. you're like, you know, you're scrolling. It's like two thirty, that two thirty to five o'clock window, and you're just kind of scrolling through games, and it's, you know, the Georgia game's out of hand, so you know, yeah. you're just like, oh, oh, dang, I didn't know, A and M and Arkansas is a game right now. Holy yeah. cow, you know. So, I mean that know. that's your that's your hope and prayer, right? And you know, you got to again A and M. I don't know what is with me today. No shot at A and M here, but again. I just happened to look at my screen. It's like, A&M. he just happens to look at his screen and goes, <laughs> "Freaking Aggies!" <laughs> Show you Aggies. You don't want us coming to A and M because we haven't yet. You just still have not gone to A and M. A and M's been in the conference since when? What? Two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve. Georgia's never made a trip there yet. Has never gone. A and M's only played. We've only played A and M once. And it was in twenty nineteen. Florida's been there twice, I think. Yes, they have. And we haven't been there once. So maybe next year. Not next year. Maybe the year after. Never know. Never know. Uh, but what did we say? Let's get rolling. Uh, oh, before I forgot, mm-hmm. make sure we are subscribing. Guys, it's free. <laughs> Come on. It's free. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're thinking about the Roman Empire, think about subscribing. Oh, my so, gosh. You know, if and- you're thinking about... Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, or if you're into that, Power subscribe. Couple. Subscribe. You know, why not? You know, it's free. You know, we don't want to put a paywall behind this. It's free. But we should. No, because it's hard enough. We get we don't have enough subscribers to do that anyway. Uh, but you know what? If you do subscribe, we'd also recommend if you hit that bell next to the button, it will put on push notifications for you. Mm-hmm. So whenever we drop a new podcast, you'll be notified immediately. Yes. Always do want to do that. So, you know, looking at last three episodes, well, yeah, uh, Tuesday's episode, mm-hmm. let's get the viewers up. Yep. Viewers are a little low. Five likes. Love that. Uh, but like last two, two episodes last week, 41 views, 30 views, like four likes on each of them. Love the progress right there. Let's get it up even more, mm-hmm. you know. More subscribers, guys. Remember, we are 39 yeah. away from 100. You know, that's the goal. 100 subscribers by the end of the year. So we got some ground to pick up, but I know you guys can do it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because if we do, oh, Dylan will shave his head. Now, now, hold on. Now, hold on. What? I, I like my hair. I like my hair. Trim it up a little bit on the sides. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. Just, just a little bit. All right, let's get rolling into it because Dylan is now scared that that might come true. Anyway, let's get into this as we start today's slate with the Deep South's oldest rivalry, Tradition. Mm -hmm. I think it's the 129th meeting between these two teams. Bitter rivals, even though they're on different divisions. 
as the top-ranked Georgia Bulldogs, mm-hmm. the reigning defending two-time national champion Bulldogs, make their first road trip to the plains of Jordan-Hare Stadium to take yep. on the Auburn Tigers. Although, the real question is, what is Auburn's real mascot? Because War Eagle, and then you have the Tiger. Which one are they? Um, you know, they're the Tigers, but, you know, I think it's also strange that... Um, Why are we War Dam and Eagle, but we have a Tiger as our mascot? That's a fantastic question. That's a but great that brings, question. That, that brings me to my larger point about this school, Auburn. Um, they were also they were built by the same guy as Clemson, and they're both Tigers. What is up with that? I don't know. That's a great question, Dylan, that I just don't have the answers to. And that's fine, but we'll get right into it. <laughs> that is a great question. Um, but as everyone knows, this is a preview, so yep. we are going to preview this game. Yeah, That made no sense whatsoever, but again, this is why we're here. Make getting better each mm-hmm. day. So Georgia rolls in. This is their first road game. And uh, as a fan, I am tetri- tetrified. Is that even a word? I don't even know. I am terrified. Tetrified, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, of this game. Auburn and Florida are the two games I always get most nervous about for some reason. Especially yeah. when you got to go to Auburn. I'm not really as worried when they got to come to us. It's more to Auburn because – I've seen what happens sometimes just in general when Auburn hosts big-time teams. Yeah. And it can either go two ways. It either goes the nice way, if you want, where mm. team goes in there, dominates, doesn't ever have leave Auburn any sort of chance for hope. Kind of like yeah. what Penn State did last year when they mm-hmm. rolled in and completely annihilated them. Yeah. Or – or there's the other path where it's you f around and find out, and then mm-hmm. you're in a ball game in the fourth quarter against an inferior team. Like yeah. I'll ask Alabama how that happens, or Georgia a couple years mm-hmm. ago. I mean, a couple years like, ago. I mean, it was twenty. La- yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah. We only won by seven. It took yeah. a Bo Nix failed fourth down, and Trayvon Walker, love Trayvon Walker, to sack to escape. Yeah. You know, I mean, last year, A&M went in there. God, that was a boring game. Cadillac Williams led Auburn Tigers. The one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. a place is rowdy. They are one of the more – it's one of the better venues in the SEC. In the sport. In the sport. Yeah. You know, and if you let the crowd hang around, as if any away game for a team that's highly ranked, going mm-hmm. into a – a team that comes home after a tough loss comes home. You got really nothing to lose. Yeah. Backs against the wall, kind of wounded animal mode. You're going to see their best fight. I think Mm -hmm. from Auburn who plays quarterback. I'm not sure because Peyton Thorne has started, but they have not really looked well the entire time he's played. But that again, you know, Hugh freeze comes out and talks about how, you know, it's he's he's had a disservice. There's been a poorly execution from our end, you know, with the play calling, with the yeah. schematics, like all of it. So it's not entirely on him. But then you know, it's like, you know, you're just calling the plays. They're the ones that have to go execute it, and the play might be good, good, 
But if you're not getting mm-hmm. it executed from their side, it doesn't matter. No. So like Auburn only is. I mean, mm-hmm. Auburn comes in ranked. I think what I just saw they were ranked about. They were in the upper fifties when it comes to offensive yeah. schem- uh, off total offense. Here they are, fifty one. The Tigers are only they're averaging thirty two points a game. Granted, they haven't. They've only played. They played uh, Massachusetts and put fifty nine up, and then Sanford forty five. So that's going to skew it. Mm-hmm. But the two Power Five teams they played, they've they've had under a hundred passing yards in both those games. I saw yeah. a stat, like five of the last stat, or uh, it was um, like five the last five Power Five teams they've played. They've had under 100 passing yards in all of them. They had only 94 passing yards against Cal. Yeah. And then against AM, they only had, what was it? They only had 56. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. No. Because Georgia can throw the ball and they can score a bunch of points. Georgia's getting yeah. Lad McConkey back this week. They have Deshaun Edwards back from a couple weeks ago. Carson Beck, I think, is finally getting his feet settled in and. You know, they had a really good game last week. They had six red zone drives and six scores mm-hmm. last week. So I'm not too worried. About a Georgia comes ranked the 14th in the country, 41 yeah. and a half points a game. You know, they haven't turned the ball over a whole lot. I think if Auburn wants to win, they have got to force turnovers. Mm-hmm. That would be my biggest thing. And Auburn's got to have an impactful play early, impactful moments. You know, whether it's a turnover, whether it's a big play to get set up a scoring drive or something. Yeah. But you can't let Georgia just flex their muscles on you. Mm-hmm. The line is 14 right now. My only concern is, and then I'll let you have your input. Yep. If Georgia comes out again and it has a slow start again, that is just asking for trouble. And this is why I've been tempted to stay away from the line mm-hmm. because I think they're going to win, but how much are they going to win by? Because if you mess around and you have a South Carolina game where you're down 14-3 yeah. because you can't score in the red zone, penalties push you back, and you're just kind of sleepwalking, you're not going to succeed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to go yeah. into the half, and it's a three-point game going into half. No, no, no. You do not need that. No, absolutely. So, other things I want to note on this game, um, George is currently in the middle of a six-game winning streak, which no, hot. Oh, oh, for oh, against Auburn, I was gonna say. Yep, yep. No, yeah, against in the series. I mean, yeah, they um, they've owned Auburn. Yeah, for the last six years, but the last thing Georgia needs right now is a 2013, right? Where oh God, no, I don't need that. Don't yeah, need no, that. everything. Everything's going right for them except for everything. How about 2017 when yeah, they rolled no, in yeah. and lost by mm-hmm. was 17? In 2017, the they they lost, they lost by a little bit more than that. They get no, they it, they, they scored get, 17. Oh no, they lost by they 20, lost 40 to 17. They lost by 20. Was it that's 20, 23? Yeah, that's what I was. Now, I was getting 23 yeah. and 17 confused. Yeah, you give mm-hmm. up a 40 burger to Jarrett Stidham and. The gang. Don't disrespect uh, NFL backup. Oh, yeah. Get a hand. Jared's dead, baby. 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So, I, but other than that, I want to point out just that this place has been Auburn's place to win games. They're home. They just historically, every coach who's ever come to Auburn, that's what you do is you make terror at Jordan Hare. Yeah. Um, I do think Georgia's a lot better. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like obviously they're better, but like, like, like substantially better than Auburn this year. Auburn feels, um not well coached yet they feel like feels like there's a lot of transfers there who feel like they're wasting their time mm-hmm. they have the michigan state quarterback transfer who Peyton I, I, mm-hmm. yeah i believe hugh freeze just came out and said we messed up with him <laughs> you know it's not great to hear your head coach say that but i don't want to make you know big statements about auburn this early just because it's still early in the season they're three and one correct yeah, they didn't look very impressive to me against A and M at all. No. Um. Obviously, there's a chance that they play at home. They just they catch Georgia with their pants down, and then they pull the underwear down too. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's why you don't want right there. That's the sure. that's the that's the fear though, right? That's the fear yes. that in this game, Georgia's not going to play them seriously. They're going to Auburn's going to catch them lazy. And then Georgia can't recover. No, but Which I is think a very realistic thing that could happen. As hard as that I, probably is to say. Yeah, no, that's what like I'm biggest worried about is like mm-hmm. I just don't want them coming out just lethargic and just yeah. not interested. But I think Kirby Smart will have them ready to roll. I mean, they usually mm-hmm. come always ready to go against yeah these bigger time rivals. You know, because Smart, it's nice when Smart. You know, he's been there. He's played in this rivalry. He yeah. As a Georgia Bulldog alum, but like so he understands like the impactfulness of these kind of games. Like the Florida mm-hmm. game. It's the jo- Auburn game. It's the Georgia Tech game. It's the yeah, you know, who South Carolina. You know, these guys kind of games, like they you have to come ready to play. Yes. So I think they'll be fine. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember twenty twenty one, it was Bennett making his first road start at Auburn and he played fine. I think you got to get guys like Deshaun Edwards rolling early. The offensive line, I think, has got to have their best game so far up to this year. Got to see better push up front early and often. You know, I want to see Bowers keep rolling what he did last week. Let's. I want to see deep shots down the field with Arian <laughs> Smith and Lad McConkey. Like, get these guys going. And as far as on defense, hoping Javon Bullard and Michael Williams are back. I believe Michael Williams will yeah. be back. He was he was sick last week, so he should be back. Hopefully, Bullard is. I haven't looked at the recent injury injury report yet um the most recent one at least so hoping those guys are back because if they are i think they'll be fine um mm-hmm. get pressure on them yeah get pressure you know, and uh yeah. take care of it and i i also want to say i i don't want to make this big statement here either but um i do think Hugh freeze is not going to last very long in the plains personally. i don't think i think they don't mind him well, i think he he needs to I, get I was, one other cycle in um, I was gonna. I was agreeing with you at first until I just read the headline right now. He's getting in trouble with the school for violating the Constitution. Oh, God um, that's cares? a wild statement. Constitution. Um, okay. Uh, he's performing baptisms in the locker room. What's wrong with that? What's wrong? Uh, he's a man of are, good faith. The play, players are a not agreeing pass. to get baptized. Well, you listen. You tell him that's you would go over to see <laughs> Satan. And Nick Saban, excuse me, you know, and he'll that, but here, 
in the Lord's house here in Auburn, we do baptisms. You know, that's the ice bath. You don't do ice baths. You get baptized. It's like, oh my gosh. So, um, no, but yeah, he's about to get, he's getting in trouble with the school right now for using the lake next to the school to baptize okay. students. What's wrong with that? Um, Since when is that a bit of an issue? Uh, Auburn is a public university, not a religious one, it is actually against the university's constitution. Well, listen, you can tell the universities that's just unacceptable. Mm -hmm. You know, who cares? Let him do what he wants to do. If he wants to be a man of faith and just baptize and cleanse, mm -hmm. cleanse these people, why not? You know? Anyway, Georgia will be winning this game, as my prediction says right yeah. here. I have Georgia winning 30 to 14. I think okay. they I think Auburn keeps it close. As far as maybe like you know comes out swinging early, maybe gets up scores scores, but I just I think it's too much Georgia, too much talent, yeah. better offense, better defense, and you know do I think Georgia covers? Yes, but I think it's closer than most people think. Maybe going into the fourth, it might be. It could yeah. be. I think it might be like a like a twenty to seven game late in the game, maybe like late third. But Georgia just kind of maybe gives up a score, but you know, then just kind of takes control late, and that's it. So, yeah, that's completely Don't, fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I I have Georgia winning twenty eight to ten. Yeah. Uh, similar to you, I do think at halftime it'll be very close. It's going to be like fourteen ten. Uh, George or Auburn kicks a field goal right before half to make it close. Yeah. Um, Hugh Freeze Hugh Freeze says something wild to the reporter on the sidelines. Um. Just like when Shane Beamer said that we were he, we were kicking butt against them going into half and then got or, shellacked well, in the second. I, I was nice. thinking more like when Lane Kiffin played Alabama and he said, "Get your popcorn ready." Get your popcorn <laughs> ready, guys. Get your popcorn ready. Oh, and yeah. then and then you know and then but then after that second half, I don't think Auburn does anything at all. No. I think I um if I don't get the ball past half uh, halfway in the field. No, I, I the, the first. I want to say like the first three drives I'm very interested in watching because, mm -hmm. you know, in the first quarter of these new clock rules, you may only get the ball maybe once, maybe twice. Yeah. Twice is yeah, exactly. get, like then people freak out when you're only up maybe seven, nothing heading into the second. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, they've only got the ball twice. So yeah, I want to, I'm interested to see how like the first like two to three drives go as far as your Georgia and, and, and if it's, you know, looking good, keep it up. If it's not, figure mm -hmm. it out fast. So, yeah, right. absolutely. I am going to step away for about a minute or so. Dylan mm -hmm. is going to get you guys rolling into the USC Colorado game. Yep. I'll I just give away. some basic statements. Ah, which game? Oh, wrong person. Wrong person, guys. Keep talking, though. Yep. So, um, where do we start with this one? We're going. Uh, USC is going to be playing Colorado in Boulder. It's going to be the, what is this, the 17th um, matchup between these two schools. Uh, and the last one is Pac-12 opponents. Weird statement, you know. Colorado's moving to the Big 12. USC's moving to the pa uh, to the Big 10. You know, it's the last year for this one. And my, in my opinion, this is the last year Colorado can make a chance at getting that win. And I think the sad truth of it is I don't I, – I, you know, I'll, I'll hold off on that real quick. I 
It's going to be a uh, noon Eastern kickoff, so 10 a.m. Mountain Time. So really, really early for both of these schools. Way earlier than I think they were expecting or wanting this game to be. I would imagine this is going to be not the prettiest game to start the morning. But I will say Colorado is going to be hurting this game. And they're going to be hurting a lot. They're down both Shiloh Sanders and Travis Hunter. Now, there's a chance Shiloh is able to play this game. We need to see more. He was hospitalized after the game against Oregon. For, I believe he said it was a, some sort of hit he took. Really messed with him. So he was hospitalized. So I, I haven't read any news saying he might be back. But it's looking like Colorado will be down their top two defensive players. Which is terrible. It's it's absolutely terrible for Colorado because they they aren't very good on defense. I mean, there's not another way to put it. They've been lackluster at best. I mean, let me see this real quick. What is their defense averaging? Um, their defense has been. Let's see. Their, their defense has been one of the worst in college football based on uh, what we've seen. Their defensive line isn't very strong. They turn over the ball a lot, which helps them. Uh, it helps them you know, create moments where their defense can get off the field. But overall, it's, it's, it's been a pretty rough year. I'm going to look this up right now because I'm getting kind of annoyed with how this is not searching out. All right. Welcome back, Hunter. Yep. Where are you um, at? I was just talking about Colorado's defense and um, I trying to find where they rank. Yeah, oh, here, I'll tell to you. Where they rank. I'll tell you right here. I had the thing pulled up. I believe okay, they awesome. were – here, you can finish your thing. I'm going to – I'll find them here. No, that's. I was just in the middle of talk. They're eighty first. Yeah, not good. Not good. No, not good at all. Not good. And you know, be it's better, surprising guys. because let's look at um, there's USC's defense. USC, right? USC. That's scoring thirtieth. Are you looking at total defense or scoring defense? I'm on the athletic. I can't see. Hold on one sec. Uh stop rate. Hmm. I was looking at scoring defense. Scoring defense, Colorado ranks. Uh, where are they? Where are they? Not on the first page. Mm-hmm. I believe they're not on the second page. Yeah, that means they're on the third page somewhere. Not on the Actually, third page. So that means I passed them. I actually think this is probably a pretty good way to look at defense if you think about it. Stop rate. What percentage of drives do they stop that end in a punt or turnover? Yeah. USC, 75% of the drives uh, the defense goes up against ends in a punt or a turnover. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Say Georgia is is 83%. Love to see it. Yeah. You do love to see it. Um, So have you just mentioned anything? Um, only other thing I mentioned is the starters out for this game for Colorado. 
Gotcha. Travis Hunter and Shiloh Sanders, it's looking like. Obviously, we don't know the full situation with Shiloh Sanders. It seems like they've been pretty uh, pretty keen to keep quiet on everything going on with him. Mm-hmm. But it's looking like he's not going to play. Shocker. Probably didn't want to get embarrassed yet. Anyway, um, I was going to check, actually, scoring offense as far as both teams go. Because mm-hmm. – so – Southern Cal ranks fifty ranks first in the country in scoring offense. They're averaging fifty five points a game. Colorado yeah. falls just under, well, not just, but ranks fiftieth mm-hmm. in scoring offense at thirty two and a half points a game. You know, if you're Colorado, you have got to make an early impactful, like yeah. jump on the board early. Like if you start falling behind, and I think I talked about this last week or last episode. Like, you have got to be able to jump out early, especially mm-hmm. you're at home. You don't have to deal with Oregon's fans or that crowd. Yeah. You just have to you're playing at your home place. You've got to be able to get an early score or two and be out maybe, let's say, if you go up 10 nothing early on USC, mm-hmm. that is big time because now yeah. you have USC playing from behind for the, the time being, whereas you're down – 17 to seven in a blink of an eye. And mm-hmm. it's like, what just happened? Yeah. That's what you don't want to do. Cause you don't want to get into a shootout with USC because they're, they got the better quarterback. Caleb Williams is far superior. He hasn't I mean, thrown a pick yet. He's already yeah. thrown for exactly 1200 yards, 15 touchdowns, no picks. Shiloh San- or Shador Sanders, not Shiloh. Shador Sanders, 14, 10 in yardage, 11 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He only has one pick. So, He's right up there too. And he's why these two guys are two of the top Heisman guys. Yeah. The issue is um, Colorado is atrocious on the rushing attack. Yeah. They're atrocious. And USC ranks among one of the best when it comes to um, rushing the offense. Rush. No, running. Oh, the oh, rushing offense. Yeah. Sorry. Running the football. Sorry. Got. They rank. I'm trying to find this. Like they're averaging Mm. close to. They might actually have it on here. No, it's not on there. Let me let me go to team stats. Rushing first downs. Oh, here we go. They're averaging almost seven yards a carry, six point nine. Colorado's giving up. Let's see, because the line is not good for Colorado. Let's just, I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, very good how it is. <laughs> it just, it just ain't. They're I would say that's up. lightly. Colorado is only averaging 1.9 yards an attempt. Yeah. It's not good. Not good at all. And that's going to be a, a huge issue for them because they can't stop the run and they can't mm-hmm. run the football. So you're yeah. going to have to put the hands voted once again in the hands of Shador Sanders to make plays. He's mm-hmm. got guys on the outside of Jimmy Horn and Xavier Weaver. Xavier Weaver. So that's not too big of an issue because I'm not really worried about that USC defense. Do I think they're going to be able to get pressure? Yes. Yes. Can they um, be consistent with it? That'll be something to look for. Yeah. And – I think if you're Colorado, you maybe want to resort to maybe sh- like quick throws. You know, 
do, mm-hmm. so that your quarterback's not getting left out to get just completely pummeled the entire game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like quick yeah, throws, absolutely. get them out early, you know, mm-hmm. screens, slants, like, yeah, screens and slants and other stuff like that. Like, you know, get the ball out fast and let your guys work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or maybe have like, you know, bootleg shotgun bootleg stuff where you're getting Shador Sanders out, out of the pocket. So he can either run or just create something on his own. Yeah. If he's going to pass, if he's going to pass the ball from the pocket, you have to be in shotgun. Yeah. He, he does not get enough time to go under center at all. I mean, if you watch that Oregon game, if the ball wasn't taken out under shotgun, he wasn't getting the pass off. No, I mean, the, the O line I mean, is no good. Nope. The O line's no good. Mm-hmm. They're bad. The D line's not good. Yep. They're bad. So, what they will, that what they are good at are uh, creating turnovers. The problem is your guys who were the best at that on your defense are now out for the game. Yeah. Colorado ranks fourth in the country in turnovers. Mm-hmm. Force turnover margin. Yeah. So they're able to create turnovers. They've only, I mean, was that passes intercepted right there? Oh, here we go. They're very good at intercepting teams. They ranked fifth in the country yeah. with already seven interceptions they've created. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to yeah. create turnovers some way. And it's got to be multiple turnovers, like two, three turnovers and a heave and a prayer. Do I think they're mm-hmm. able to keep up? I do. I, I mean, USC's defense is nothing – out of the ordinary, they stink. Yeah. Personally, remember this is just my opinion. So they they're not good. The secondary still rely a, a liability. I watched them tackle, and it's no good. They can't tackle yeah. well. So there's there's spots on that defense to exploit. Can they do it? Yeah. Will he have enough time in the pocket to find those liabilities or those weak yeah. spots? Is going to be the question. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and so they're losing. They so without Hunter and Shiloh Sanders, they're that's two interceptions gone. There you go. So yeah, they uh, you know, listen. I think they're going to be able to keep it close enough, where if it gets to the fourth and it's a close game, you never know. Yeah. You never know, because then all of a sudden you're maybe one or two stops away from making it really crazy. Mm-hmm. How big of a win would this be if they were able to pull this off? It'd be the biggest win of the season. Biggest win in program history. It'd be the, the first the time they ever beat USC. Years. It'd be the, the first last, time they've ever beaten USC, too. Last 20 years, so it'd be the biggest win probably in program history. Yeah. Excuse me. Because I mean, if they somehow win, they go to four and one. You got Arizona State and Colorado, or Arizona State and Colorado, Arizona State and Stanford next. Mm-hmm. So, like, those are very winnable games. Yeah. So, I mean, you could head into UCLA already bowl eligible. Yeah. I mean, that that'd be the best case scenario for this team, right? Best case. Being, yeah. Now the realistic I mean, scenario, I just, I, I just don't see that happening. I just really it, don't see USC getting 
Like, because this is like, isn't it? Let me, last year, last year the narrative was that USC could not do it. So this year, all they've heard is that. So I would think the biggest thing that teams with a lot of talent, like your Washingtons, your USC, your Oregon's, are just going to want to pummel Colorado, right? Yeah. Like they're going to give them their best. Do Do you think? I mean, we've seen this with USC before, where they come in huge favorites against a clearly mm-hmm. inferior opponent, and they just yeah. struggle. Mm-hmm. Struggle. I mean, numerous times last year, I can't remember like the exact games, but like, yeah, they like one week they play Stanford this year, and they crush them. They destroy yep. them, mm-hmm. and then they get Arizona State, who's no better, and they're yeah having to score a late touchdown to go up 14 to hold them off. Mm-hmm. So it's like a very inconsistent bunch. Yep. You know, Caleb Williams gets his numbers, but it's not just a, I, a one-person show. So he, he's got to be there. I expect him to have a good game. I think look out for, um, you know, if you're a USC, you're going to have to get your playmakers involved. So, you know, Get guys like Marshawn Lloyd. I think Marshawn Lloyd's gonna have a huge game on the run on the mm-hmm. ground. Again, like we've said, like you, your yeah. Colorado's defense on the at least the rushing side is not good. And yep. if Marshawn Lloyd might average seven, eight yards a carry, and if he is, that's not good. Not good yeah. at all. And you know, I expect guys like you know Taj Washington to have a good game. Zachariah Branch, who's been like that star freshman. Yep. He'll have his guy. He'll have a good game. You know they got Brendan Rice out there. So, oh my God, they're averaging Taj Washington, their leading receiver, averaging twenty-seven point eight yards a catch. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So it, it'll be a very high-scoring game. I think the over/under is currently seventy-three and a half. Mm-hmm. Colorado it comes in as a twenty-one and a half point underdog, Dylan. How do you see the game ending out final score-wise? So my final score was 42-28. 42-28, okay. So Colorado covers. Mm -hmm. Now, I do want to say I don't think this game is going to feel close, though. It'll be like a backdoor cover sense? Yeah. My my theory is that Colorado scores two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to make it close, while USC Mm -hmm. just runs the ball. I mean, even right. if they run, they run the ball, they might just eat. They're going to just make it just first downs every time. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. But I just think, like, fourth quarter, like, I imagine this is going to be one of those games where, similar to the Oregon game, where there's going to be a lot of hype, there's going to be a lot of talk, it's going to have a massive viewership rating. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be, I'd be willing to bet this is probably th- one of the third, like, third or one of the top three most watched games this weekend, right? I wonder how it'll be when it's a noon kick Eastern yeah. time, which is mm-hmm. crazy too. So it'll be a yeah. 10 o'clock start there. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll just come and sleepwalking. USC or Colorado? USC. I just don't see that happening. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I, I understand how that could, like, um, I understand how that could happen, but I just, I just don't see this happening with USC. I, I do think, because it's Colorado and the narrative around Colorado and the talk and the amount of, you know, attention they're getting, other teams are not going to cakewalk Colorado. They're going to go, 
we want to punch you in your mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like how Dan Lanning was got very upset, you know, had that big speech to his team. It's just this game, USC is going to show up for. This is going to be this is going to be their Stanford game, right? <laughs> the game where everybody goes, you know what? Maybe maybe they do have a defense, <laughs> and then they give thirty up next week to who, who knows Arizona. May that that yeah very real very real yeah that's that's I, what I think is going to happen. I have USC winning forty eight to thirty eight. Mm-hmm. I think it's a high scoring closer game, but I think yeah. USC just continuously stays up, maybe like one or one to two scores ahead really the entire game, and then Colorado's just not able to catch up. But I think it's a very high-scoring affair. I think both quarterbacks show out, but neither defense is going to be able to stop each other. So that's how I really see it. But I think Colorado holds, hangs on. I think they hold their own being at home. But they just I just don't think they have enough firepower and defense to make enough stops to get them the ball back to, you know, take over against uh usc all yeah. right let's move on to lsu old miss this is a mm-hmm. sec west showdown in oxford this weekend uh i believe lsu is a two and a half point favorite right now going into this a very wild game a sneaky possible game of the week almost though because yeah. you have two teams both have losses but except the colorado or colorado i had colorado sitting up still just bad, bad. Ole Miss has their one loss being in conference play. LSU does not. So LSU has a little wiggle room to work with as far as, you know, jockeying for the top spot in the West. But if they yeah. lose again, they're maybe out of it right now, for right now in the playoff hunt. I think, and, I think it's over uh, for them if they lose. I mean, you never know with how much chaos that we still are in for because, you know, uh, you yeah, Pac-12, they haven't got to their back half, the cannibalistic part of the schedule where yeah. everyone's just going to eat each other up. The SEC West is wide open still. I mean, we're just getting into conference play, so you never know with these kind of games. Yeah. I don't know why that's not loading. Um, early initial thoughts with this? My early initial thought is that um... – Ole Miss has got to seriously bounce back if they want to be in this game. I think last week when we watched that offense, they looked just what's what's the right word to describe them? Slow, boring, lethargic, boring, boring, not being like able to just... get anything going. Mm-hmm. That was a tough game, especially that second half. I mean, really, the entire game was just kind of like, yeah. what is this? They were able to limit Jackson Dart, especially on the ground. He had the one rushing touchdown, but you know they missed that mm-hmm. one field goal going into half, and that kind of I think deflated the balloon. Yeah. And then as soon as Alabama came out and scored, it was like, oh geez. So I do think, you know, we look at Jackson Dart, and he is I think their he is their leading rusher. Like it's not Quintus Johnson or Junkins, it's Jackson Dart. I mean, yeah. and what we saw last week against – or LSU saw last week – I can't speak today. This is just unacceptable on my end. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just got um, I just got a notification. I need to sign this uh, for the lease real quick. Oh, no, so you're just, all good. No, I've just literally – I don't even have to write anything. I just have to tap yes to everything. So I've, <laughs> I've been like – You're all I, good. Yeah. LSU um, 
you know, played Arkansas last weekend, and what mm-hmm. really struggled for them was a mobile quarterback, and KJ Jefferson was able to run the football all over him. And if Arkansas turns three red zone trips, not field goals, but touchdowns, you know, they might mm-hmm. have gone into LSU and won last week. So, I mean, they only yeah. lost by three. You know, LSU was not able to get away from them. They were not able to pull away. And it was because, again, struggling mm-hmm. against the mobile quarterback, the secondary still a liability. They still lack depth back there. Yeah. And, you know, for as good as Jaden Daniels plays, you know, he can't – the LSU offense can't just carry the load. And that's why I think this will be a very close game. It'll be a very – tight game down the wire maybe you know old miss's crowd who's not really ever been one to yeah, hype up about very quiet um there's always yeah. been you know times where they've had to beg the students to come out which is but they'll come out. yeah i mean because i mean old miss is just like a media a middle of the pack always kind of team they're not really ever expected to do anything mm-hmm but you know, you still want to go out and support your team. I mean, yeah. this is a top 20 ranked matchup, six o'clock on ESPN. If Ole Miss wins, they're right back in it in that SEC Wild West in the SEC. If they lose, that's that's gonna be a tough one. Yeah. Then you start pointing questions. Why is why are we consistently losing to Bama and LSU every year? Mm-hmm. What is happening that way we can't win these games? Because it was supposed to, you know, they were up at half at LSU last year and then got yeah. splattered the rest of the game and lost by like 20 something. Mm-hmm. You know, they are up at half at Bama last week. They controlled the game last year against Bama. Couldn't yeah. win, but either one. What has to happen for Kiffin? Kiffin can't win, hasn't won a big game yet at Ole Miss for being mm-hmm. real. You know, Mississippi State doesn't count as a big win. Kentucky doesn't ha- count as a big one. They actually lost to Kentucky last year. No, I'm thinking about it. No, did yeah. they? I put that one Wait. on the Google search. Can't remember, and I even watched that game. You know, if he can't consistently win or just win at all against these top 20 matchup games against, you know, mm-hmm. solid SEC teams that are ranked, yeah. you know, do questions start to, you know, Coming up about, you know, is Kiffin the actual guy for the future? You know, he does just as good as anybody Ole else. Miss sneaked out with a win. Okay. But Kentucky was not ranked at the time. Exactly. So I think there's a stat out there, and I might be wrong. I might just be mm-hmm. talking out of my butthole. But I believe Lane Kiffin has never beaten a ranked opponent yet. Let me check. At Ole Miss. Could be wrong, but if I'm right, it would make sense because he just they just never have been able to, or at least maybe you know they compete, but they just are never able to actually like get over the hump. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at Ole Miss, who is averaging 470 yards a game. You know, they have Watkins has. Yeah. 24 receptions, 347 yards. Like he's got to get involved. I think they need to ex- uh, expose that LSU secondary if they really want to. I think Dart's got to be able to use his legs. If he is, he's going to be in really mm-hmm. good shape. If you're LSU, you've got to be able to, you know, get pressure on Dart, contain him, 
into the pocket, if you're able to contain him and really kind of make him one-dimensional as a quarterback, that's going to be big. I think Harold Perkins has got to have a big game if they want to have that happen. You know, Malik Neighbors needs to be showing out as he usually does. Jaden Daniels needs to play a clean game. Um, he already has, you know, 12 touchdowns, two picks, so he's played well. So he's going to have to have a really good game again. But, yeah. you know, it's to be a very good game, I think. I think this is a close game. It's only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Over under six and 66 currently. Ole Miss has a 56.6% chance to win, according to ESPN Analytics, though. So, Dylan... Who do you see winning this game, and what's the score? So I see LSU winning in a close one. Okay. I think they win 31-28. Okay, so right down to the wire. Yeah, I think it comes right down to the wire, only because I do think uh, Lane Kiffin fixes out some of the messes. I think they get on track, but I think they still come up short because I think LSU is still better than them. I mean, that's completely fair, and I think that – it's just a tale of two different types of coaching styles, I think, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you have transfer portal versus, you know, transfer portal, but, you know, also, you know, develop yeah. in Brian Kelly. So I also have LSU winning a very close game as well. 27-23, I have the Tigers heading into Oxford and getting a big win. Yeah. I think it's a late turnover or something. Or just LSU finds the rhythm late and kind of pulls ahead. Yeah, you know, gets a late score and you know gets a big stop, big time stop or something. But I'm uh, looking forward to that one. So me too. That's gonna be fun. Oh, oh yeah, it'll be a great one. All right, so moving from the west to the east, now we'll head to Lexington, Kentucky, mm-hmm. for a noon kickoff between Florida Gators, who are ranked 22nd in the country, I believe, versus the um, unranked but four and Kentucky Wildcats. Kentucky yeah. right now a one-point favorite, so basically a pick in this game. This is a over-under 45, so it should be a low-scoring affair mm-hmm. there in Lexington. You know, you know, you look at these two teams come in, good records. Kentucky hasn't really had to prove anything yet. They yeah. beat Vanderbilt last week, but that's not very difficult. You know, Florida, who looked uh, just gross and atrocious week one, has started to get some little rhythm going. They struggled last yeah. week against Charlotte, but that could be more of like a sleepwalk trap game in a sense where you're like, you know, you're looking ahead. You know, you're not yeah. really worried about Charlotte. You do what you do. You do what you need to do to get the win, and then you move on. But you know mm-hmm. what? I was there against Tennessee, and they completely dominated and overwhelmed Joe Milton and were able yeah. to just – control the run game and just ask Graham Mertz to do what he needed to do, which was just short throws, but smart throws. And that's all you have to do. He's a play, play action quarterback. I think well, that's at least how I see them using him as again. uh, What do I always say? Florida offense runs through the run game. And if they're Mm -hmm. able to run the ball, it sets up play action. And once they get, if they can get play action going, then they're in business. So, but the biggest thing I think in this game is Kentucky is allowing the fewest rushing yards among uh, SEC defenses. I believe they're only averaging yeah. or allowing close to about 77 yards a, uh, a game 
on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is. But yep. Florida yep. is, you know, vice versa, only allowing 82 yards a game mm-hmm. on the ground as well. So, you know, these are two but, teams very good yeah. defensively. I would say there is a but to that. Um, okay. Florida is only allowing 94 rushing yards a game, but that total has swells to 108 in road games. That is, that's a, yeah, and that's in yeah. a very good stat because they have struggled on the road. I would say Billy Napier is one in four on the road. Yes. That's his record at Florida, which is not good. That is not a good way to start at Florida. But his only win was, um, what was his only win last year on the road? Um, They had a good win on the road, too. It was, um, crap, who was it? Because it wasn't. Tennessee, it wasn't. Oh, it was Texas. No, no, it wasn't Texas A&M. No. That was 2020. It was crap. Who'd they be last year? That was good. Uh, I think. I think. I think it was A&M. It was. You know. That's right. It yeah. was A&M. Actually, now I'm thinking they beat, about it. They beat A&M 41-24. But yeah, A&M was not good last year. You no, know. they were not good. They were three. They went three and six. So. So Billy this... Napier's one win was against a three and six A and M. Let me see some. So I'm looking at the stats here. So Kentucky ranks ninth in the country in rushing defense. Like I said, yeah. they're only allowing two and a half yards attempt, and they're only allowing seventy seven point five per game. They've only allowed four rushing touchdowns all year. Florida falls right just not beneath them. I get way yeah. ahead of myself. And I can't talk. Fourteenth in the country. They're only allowing eighty two yards. And just about 2.88 yards an attempt. So both really good rushing defenses. And I think that's going to be a big issue story because I think whoever can get the running game going early is going to and set it the tone on the ground game is going to really help out the quarterbacks because there are two yeah. quarter two quarterbacks that are solid. You know, Devin Leary mm-hmm. does have I think he has five touchdowns, but nine or nine touchdowns. Five picks five already, so he's prone yeah. to intercept, turning the football over. Graham Mertz, yep. four touchdowns, one pick. And you know there is a stat out there. You know who leads uh, college football as far as transfer quarterbacks go and QBR or who completion percentage? Uh, Graham is Mertz. That Graham Mertz? It yep. is Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz. I, I, I had a feeling. I had a feeling when you were bringing up. You were talking about Florida's offense, and then quarterback transfer who's leading I'm like yeah I, you know I, I think it might be Graham Mertz that yeah it is Graham Mertz Graham Mertz is right there he's ranked fourth in the country actually in completion percentage mm-hmm. you know it comes into the 778 percentage and you know again you're not asking him to win you a football game you're asking him to yeah. do what's necessary he's only I think allowing there's a funny stat it's like yards per attempt mm-hmm. for him I'm going to try to find passing yards per completion. It's crazy because it's super small. Like it's only averaging like three yards a completion or something stupid like mm-hmm. that. But it's like that's they're not asking him to do anything crazy. Yeah. I'm going to try to find it here. Georgia's. Oh, here he is. Florida. Graham Mertz, 11 and a half is his average. Mm-hmm. So nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. Yeah. 
I think if Florida is able to create turnovers like they were really able to against Tennessee and just kind of set the tone, I think they're going to be able to win this game. Do I think Devin Leary is a better quarterback? Yes. But his mm. turnover issue so far is something to be concerned of because this Gator defense is good. Yeah. And, you know, what do you think about that? No, I think you're absolutely right about that. I mean, Devin Leary has five interceptions in four games. He's averaging about a, about an interception a game. That's not good. Like that, that's pretty bad. That is that's how you lose football games. Yeah. You 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 know you give the other team an immediate column. Yeah. That, okay. Well, we're gonna get the we're gonna at least get a turnover because this guy is gonna turn over the ball. So, I mean. What do I say? I kind of like Kentucky a little bit more in this game than Florida. Just because, you know, Florida has really struggled under Billy Napier on the road. Do you think at some point that it's got to it's got to change, right? I, I do think at some point it's got to change. What I'm saying is I don't think it's this game. Okay. I, I think I think for it to change, they need an easier task. But, I mean, most of the time when they go on the road, they're not going to play anybody easy. I mean, it's going to change when they play Vanderbilt. You know, actually, one and four in Power Five games, right? Yeah. Because they did. Yeah. Oh, no. Check that. Apologize. Actually, because it's just one and four. Actually, one and four I because I forgot. I was thinking about the USF game, but that was the mm -hmm. year before Napier was there. That was yeah. the final year Mullen was there. Yep. Apologize. Yeah, he's one and four, and they only just, play really – he did lose to Vanderbilt last year, though, at Vanderbilt. At Vanderbilt, yeah. Can't have that. So, I do think I, – I just think this game is going to be a little bit tough. This is going to be a, a very hostile environment. I would imagine it's going to be loud, 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 like deafening. I feel like well, Kentucky – Kroger Field's never really like that crazy, though. I, I don't know if you remember, was it 2021 or 2022? I can't, I think it was 2021. Florida and, yeah, 2021, Florida played Kentucky, and that place was definite. But that was a night game, though. Yeah. This is a new kick. What time is, what new kick? I, I guess won't be as loud, but I do think this game means a lot to Kentucky fans. I think it's a big game for both because, you know, both teams come in 1 and 0 in conference play. So, mm -hmm. you know, you get a leg up on the yeah. other one. Especially a conference, but, a division conference game. But just speaking on what I know of Kentucky fans, because they all eat at a restaurant over by my house, the Kentucky Club of Sarasota. You know, congrats to you guys. But um, <laughs> they take this game personally. It's personal. This game, this game means a lot to them. Primarily because they lost for almost twenty years straight. Yeah, it was. It wasn't until they got their first win in the swamp, wasn't it? Last year, twenty eighteen. In the swamp. In the swamp. Well, the first time they beat Florida in twenty years was twenty eighteen. So the in first the time they beat them. Well, the first time they've beaten them since nineteen eighty six at all. But I'm talking about in the swamp. I think it was twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. Yeah. Was last year. Yeah. Because they blew the game the year before the the two years before I think. Yep. They were six and a half point underdogs in that game last year. Mm -hmm. You know who hammered that and made a bunch of money that from that game? Will Levis. 
Yeah. Shout out Will Levis, single man now. Actually, no. Kentucky won for the first time in 2018. I was right. Yeah. Okay. They won 27-16. Then they had, but before that, before they beat them in the swamp for the first time, they had not won since 1986, and that was in Lexington. Mm. So but no, they beat them. They beat them in the swamp 1979 too. Well, that's nice. That was only what almost 40 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah, but they hadn't beaten them at all since 86. Mm. Nice, nice. That was. 79 so that was, was 45 years ago. So yep. 46 years ago. Nice. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say that like this game does mean a lot to Kentucky fans. I do think even if the noon kick, it will be very loud. Like Kentucky fans get really into this game. This is a game that is probably sold out. It's gonna, probably going to be very blue. Blue. And I I just I just see Kentucky pulling it out. All right. I, I think they they just have the they have the means to production. I think it's a tight game, though. I think it's a tight game. In yeah, yeah, I think it's a tight game. I, I think it's I think it's similar to that. Um, what year was it? Let me see. That yeah, that 2021 game in Lexington at night when that game came down to the wire. I think it was. An, wasn't that an overtime game? I don't think it went to overtime. No, because the final score was 20 to 13. Oh, you know what it was? Kentucky just had a late score. Yeah. But like really Kentucky, late score. Kentucky had a drive at the end of the game. Yes, because and I was and I was working and I turned the TVs off while the game was going on. And everybody was really upset. That was a great game because Florida lost. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Hey, I but, didn't say that though. I didn't say that. So, what's your final score? I'm gonna go with twenty-eight to twenty-four. I have. I think it's a lower scoring game than that I have. Florida winning 20 to 17. I think they get over to the Kentucky hump at Kentucky. Look, yeah. when's the last time Florida won at Kentucky? Uh, 2019. Okay, so it wasn't that long ago. No, it was not that long ago. Well, I mean, it's, you know, for four years, that's a, they lost the last time they were there. So, you Dan know, Mullen was their head coach the last time they were Shout out Dan Mullen. Anyway, I think. Florida, you know, is able to get a run game enough. I think ETN is going to have to have himself a big game. They get Eugene Wilson back, which is big. Mm-hmm. So another receiver who got banged up, I believe, in the Tennessee game. He got banged up because he missed last week. So now you're going to have another guy. Do I think Graham Mertz, if asked upon him to win the game, does he – I don't know yet. We haven't That's seen that yet. And I think that we is talked a lot about to that. Ask of that guy. It's going to be a very good sign or a clear sign early. I would probably give you by like maybe the 10 minute mark or the first or second possession of the second quarter, whether or not Florida's going to have a run game going. If they do, yeah. that's big time because again, mm-hmm. then it sets up everything else. If they yeah. can't, uh, you know, you know, you take a team that runs. Wants to run first, pass second, making it pass first, run second into a tough spot because now you're one-dimensional against the Kentucky defense, which is always physical, always tough. And mm-hmm. Mark Stoops has always been one of those more, you know, grind it out, lower scoring games, but like we're gonna hit you in the mouth and yeah. you're just gonna wear we're gonna wear you down. So he's typically these games are always tight and lower scoring. So I expect nothing different. 
But I do think Florida gets either a late field goal late or yeah. maybe it's up 20 to 13 at some point or 20 to 10 or something like that. But I think they hold on and mm-hmm. get a big time win heading ne- going into next week, which would be homecoming week, I think. Yeah. Okay. Homecoming okay. Week. You know what? Homecoming. Interesting. So now um, we do got to speed it up a little bit because we are running a little bit short on time. We I are. to make sure we can get through everything. But we are going into now these games. We're mm-hmm. going to just quick point or quick two, rundowns. and we'll yeah. just uh, give our predictions. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is a Friday night game. Yeah. And pretend, this is the biggest game of the Pac-12 this weekend. Yep. Huge well, game. Yeah. Ranked. Well, I would think so. As far as ranked on rank goes, you know, Absolutely. you have a top fifteen, top twenty matchup. Mm-hmm. See. Top twenty. Yeah. Oregon number State's ten versus ten at twenty-one. 19. 19, okay. So it's in Corvallis. Utah heads in there. Don't mm-hmm. believe Cam Rising has been cleared yet. So Nick Johnson, yep. I assume, gets the start. Mm-hmm. I saw a report that he had been splitting reps, but I would assume Nick Johnson is going to probably start again. Yeah. So, you know, does that change anything? No, because they've been running with Nick Johnson all year so far. Yeah, I expect nothing fine. different. Yeah, I think the Utah defense has got to have to step up again. They mm-hmm. did a hell of a job last week holding a UCLA offense that has been really solid and just yeah shutting them down. So they're going to have to do that again. Except they got to go to Corvallis on a Friday evening, which is a tough spot. Oregon State is a yeah. four and a half point favorite right now, and um, this is going to be a good game. I'm eager to see how effective the Utah offenses because Oregon State's going to get their points. They're going to run mm-hmm. the ball really well. Even yeah. last week when they were trailing really the entire game, they still ran the ball for over 240 yards. So mm-hmm. they're going to be able to run the football. I think for Utah, they're going to have to limit them if they yeah. want to have a shot, and they're going to have to score points. They've struggled a little bit this year, but I think they're just going to have to score points and keep it a low-scoring game if they want to. If they can take it into the third or fourth and make it a one-score game, a low-scoring game late, I think mm-hmm. that's what's going to be the recipe. Kind of like yeah. how the Baylor game went, except hopefully it's not as dramatic at the end, but yeah. that's what they're going to have to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you're right there. I The only thing is I, 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 I just, with the way Utah's defense played against UCLA, I can't help but just like lean with them right away. Yeah, and I, I'm like immediately like you know what maybe they can shut down Oregon's offense. I mean Oregon, they are. I mean sorry, Oregon State. Sorry, um, Oregon State's offense looked fine against Washington State, but DJ uh, didn't do anything spectacular. I think he threw just under 200 yards. Mm-hmm. So I think if Oregon State gets shut down, which is very possible, because Utah's defense is that good. Yeah. I think this game could be completely flipped, and we're seeing a Utah blowout. Really? Yeah, I think it's completely possible here. I just saw, so Utah ranks, um, so Oregon State ranks ninth in the country in rushing attack, 224 mm-hmm. yards a carry or a game. Yeah. And Utah ranks, well, crap, where was it? Rushing defense. Uh, Utah ranks third in the country in mm-hmm. rushing defense. They're only allowing yeah. 51 yards a game. So that's going to be the biggest indicator. If Utah's yeah. Yeah, able right. to stop the run, yeah. that'll be it. I would say because we saw Utah completely stop Florida from running the ball. 
And what did that do to Florida's offense? I mean, Florida could, not, Florida could not run the ball on offense, and then all of a sudden their offense couldn't do anything at all. No. I think if, if Utah can do that against um, – ah, if Utah can do that against Oregon State, I think forget about it. We're watching Utah win in Corvallis. I think Utah wins 21-17. I think they get a huge win on the road. Yeah. Huge win. What's your? Do you have a score prediction for that? I didn't have a score prediction. Make a score! Come on! Make uh, a score! No, Twenty-six to seven. Wow! They blow them out. Yeah. Hot take there for Dylan. I know. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. But you know, if I win, what do I look like? A genius. And if you lose. Bzzz. Okay. Now relax. 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 Anyway. All right. Notre Dame-Duke is our next mm. game. This is the primetime game on ABC College Game Day. is going to be in Durham for the first yeah. time ever. The Dukies have something cooking mm-hmm. there in Durham, or they are led by big-time star quarterback Riley Leonard, Yep, who's just been super consistent, Mr. Reliable for them last couple of years. And, mm-hmm. and you got Mike Elko, who's just been one of these up-and-coming coaches you know, was won nine games last year, his first season. He's looked great so far. And now you got yeah. a Notre Dame team coming in who, you know, just a brutal loss last week against Ohio State mm-hmm. where really they had chance after chance to keep just end the game. And they couldn't. Now they got to go to Durham where you got a Duke, game, Duke team that's already taken out Clemson there. And it's another night game. And I think that crowd's going to be as good as it was against yeah. Clemson. And, you know, we're going to see. This would be a good test for Duke's defense. I don't think they've mm-hmm. seen a quarterback as good as Hartman. I think Notre Dame's able to score more points at least this yeah. week. Um, but I do think Notre Dame finds a way to get this win. I think it's a really good game. But I just think that the offense for Notre Dame's better, and I think they're going to be able to get back on track a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not saying they're going to be able to fix maybe everything, but I do think they're going to be able to get on track, and I think Notre Dame wins 27-23. Riley Leonard's still going to have a really good game, but I just think if you look back at the Clemson game, you know if Clemson doesn't turn the ball over three times in the air in on the, in Duke territory, we're looking at it yeah. as a different game. So I think that Notre Dame's not going to make those mistakes, and they're going to win big time win at Duke. Oop, sorry, it was going to die. It's okay, <laughs> but um. Only thing I wanted to add is um, the over under is fifty two and a half. I don't know about you, but yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna say that feels really hot. big under game. Take me. Yeah, yeah. My prediction twenty seven three. That's fifty. So there you go. Mm-hmm. That's called sweating I, I, it out. Yeah. I was thinking twenty four fourteen. Respectable. Yeah. All right. I think, I think the Dukes keep it. I think the Dukes keep it close for a while. Yeah, I think it's a close game, but I just think Notre Dame's able to get their mojo back a little bit yeah, and, you know, take care of it. Mm-hmm. So Kansas-Texas, Dylan, is our final game here before upset alert. Yeah. We are just rolling through a lot of sneaky Saturday here. You know, a good mm-hmm. Saturday slate. So, But Kansas-Texas, trap game possibly for Texas. They got Oklahoma on tap for next weekend. And yeah. if Texas can take out Kansas this week, Kansas Jayhawks ranked Jayhawks 4-0 Jayhawks. Are they ranked? Mm-hmm. Actually check that. They may yeah, not 24. 
They're ranked 24th in the country. Jayhawks. Jaden Daniels, or not Jaden, Jalen Daniels, excuse me, has over a 78% completion percentage. Very, yep. very effective quarterback. And let's see, last time Kansas was there, they won. So as mm -hmm. a 35-point underdog. So yeah, never forget that game for reasons I don't want to talk about. Anyway, Texas, I think, only issue is it's a sandwich game. Yeah. Do they look ahead? Is going to be the question. If they look ahead and they're going to get, then they're going to get into a dogfight because Kansas is a very good team mm -hmm. and they will come in and mess you up if you don't want to take them seriously. But yeah. I will say a cool stat for you first time ever get when, but first time since I think like the 80s for Kansas that they started back to back years for now. So Lance Leipold's got those guys. He's got those guys moving, but moving I do grouping. think I do think Texas is going to win this game. Um, there's a couple of things that lead me to believe that is this just Texas's offense feels amazing right now. It feels like they're in a groove. They're in. The, they're hitting their stride. Um, they're running back. What's his name? Let me pull that up. Jonathan Brooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been playing pretty good for the last couple of games. He's not. He's not as good as um, Bijan is, obviously. Yeah. From you know last year, Bijan put up 243 yards against Kansas. But um, one of Kansas's big um, pieces of their defense is the fact that they they really do they they have a good defense on stopping the run. But yeah, That's been one of their better. They've only they only give up yeah. 93 yards on the ground and just over mm -hmm. 200 yards of passing, so it's a solid defense. Yeah, but I do think one of the keys to the game is going to be if um, Jonathan Brooks can get the ball running. He didn't run well against Alabama. They kind of gave up on their run halfway through the game. They only ran. He only got 14 carries, but then last week against Baylor, he got 18 for 106 yards, five 5.9 per carry, and against Wyoming, he got 21 and 7.8 per carry. That's, had, that's good. He had some, he looked really improved after that Alabama game. So I really do think if there's any guy that could be a key, that's not, you know, it's not Quinn Ewers or Xavier worthy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's going to be this running back. I think this is a very high scoring game. I think both yeah, these offenses who both come in averaging over 430 yards a game and total mm -hmm. offense. These guys are going to be scoring points. Whether yeah. it's close is a question, but is the question. But I do think that it's a very high scoring game. Texas is yeah. a 16 and a half point favorite. The over under is 61. I would take the over on that mm -hmm. first and foremost. But I don't think Texas covers, but I do think they win big enough to where it's still a two score win, maybe like two touchdowns or so. Yeah. But I do think maybe it's tight early, but then Texas wakes or Let's just Texas pulls away. Got it. Yeah. You know, we're the better team, more complete team. Let's, mm -hmm. you know, let's take advantage of it. But listen, I wouldn't, they should not be overlooking this Kansas team because Kansas yeah. will take care of you or at least keep it close, give you a fight for four quarters if you let them. So I do think final score is Texas 41, Kansas 27. Like I said, I think it's a higher scoring game, but I do think Texas wins comfortably. So I had Texas forty two, um, Kansas twenty eight. I do think I do think it's similar to like you said. I do, I just think I think Texas takes care of business.
it might look close on paper, but I think Texas just feel it feels like Texas has the game in the bag. That's good. Alrighty. So we're gonna now move on to upset alert here. So I'm gonna give Dylan a bunch of games and he's just gonna we're gonna think which games might be uh the most one to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. All right, so we have Louisville and North Carolina State. Texas okay. A&M, Arkansas. It's the neutral site game. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, A&M down Connor Wegman for the entire rest of the year. A Are they favored? Uh, six and a half points, yes, with Max Johnson. So, Connor Wegman out for the year with a mm-hmm. uh, a bone fracture in his foot, but it's one of yep. those uh, – one of the um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like the ones you put pressure on. I forget what. Oh, oh, yeah. But what you're talking about, but yeah, it's a foot injury. He's going to be out for the year. It's like a three yeah. to five month recovery. So mm-hmm. Clemson's at Syracuse. Syracuse four and zero. Clemson two and two. But it's been a house of horrors there for them uh, yep. last couple Carrier times. They, you know, that's why because there's no AC in there. You know. Yeah, that is. Re- Michigan sued for that. Michigan's at Nebraska. First time mm-hmm. Michigan's been on the road this year. Nebraska is a currently, I think, believe it's seventeen point underdog at home. So, yeah. let's see if Nebraska has any fight on them. It doesn't feel unfair. No, Missouri's at Vanderbilt mm-hmm. could be a trap game there with Missouri having LSU next week. They have Vanderbilt this week, so look uh, out there. No, I think I think the future um, playoff contenders are okay for now. Listen, take it easy. Hey, listen, I'm, I still got some games here. Okay. Bama's okay. at Mississippi State. Bama yep. has owned Mississippi State for 20 plus 2007. years. Two thousand seven yeah. was the last time Mississippi State won this game. So again, well, let's see if Mississippi State has any fight in them because they yeah. haven't. They had a little last week, but none the year week before. So you mm-hmm. Washington comes in as a believe an eighteen point favorite going to Arizona. Yeah, and then South Carolina is at Tennessee. Let's see if the balls who are rolling the the uh, blackout jerseys have anything to say about the Gamecocks coming into town. All right, Dylan, who is? Well, there's that most obvious pick ever here. What? A and M. They're six and a half point favorites with their backup quarterback. No, versus... starting quarterback now. He's not a backup okay. anymore. Former starter. Brad Brad Johnson's son is a backup. Okay, take it easy. Don't listen to Max Johnson. Hate is just uncalled for here. What is with this? Shout out, shout this, this, this did we wake up just hating A and M today? Because you know I had the early comment. Yeah, you had your A and M. Okay. I mean, what is okay. this podcast? We do not. I don't hate. I don't hate A and Texas. I just want to let everyone I, know. I, I don't. I don't hate Texas A and M. I I just think right now, with them being six and a half point favorites at a neutral site versus a rival who I'm pretty sure what was the score just a couple of years ago? It was close, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Let me pull it up. I got you. I'm gonna look up the current spread actually on that game, make sure it was still six and a half. Yeah, AM six and a half right now. It's crazy. That's so high. I would be tempted to take the razor backs. But I, I, I like, okay. So, like, Texas A&M won last year, twenty three twenty one. That was the field goal that went off the post. Yep. So, I would say the 
game. I th- I think the Missouri Vanderbilt game might be closer than people think. I know how bad mm. Vanderbilt is. Yeah. But I'm telling you, I think Missouri a look if they win, they go they get LSU at home. They mm-hmm. would be five and zero, ranked, and that's a noon kick next week. But yeah, I'm telling you, look ahead spot. This is the ultimate trap game. You have Vanderbilt at Vandy. Do they come ready to roll? Is going to be the question. I'm telling you, and of course, you know Arkansas. That Louisville NC State game. That's a Friday night game. That could be a yeah. sneaky one too. That's at NC State. Louisville 4-0, heading in there. You know, never know. Mm-hmm. Wolfpack, uh, Friday night. You know, it's also surprising to me looking at this. I had no idea Arkansas owned this rivalry against AM. How bad is it? It's just, it's 42-34. to 34. Oh, well, that's not terrible. They got an eight-game uh, lead on them in the rivalry. Probably because they lost to them for about a decade in the But it's uh, been 60s. back in, oh, that doesn't count. But I mean, you go. It hasn't been back and forth though, as of yeah. late. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, these are one of those games. This game is very just like no idea what is going to happen in this yeah. kind of game. All right, I think we're ready to finish it out here with some best bets. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, beginning of the podcast, we are eight five and one so far this season. So we are. Above 500, that push that from late Notre Dame game, you know, if they just hold on and have 11 guys on the field, we're looking at a 9-5 to five start, guys. So, you know, making money is what we're trying to do for you guys. We Think went 2-1-1 one one mm-hmm. last week, and I got four plays again this week for you. Mm-hmm. And our cross my fingers are good. So, yeah, Texas-Kansas over 61.5. It's now down to 61. Mm-hmm. So, take that. I think it's a high-scoring game, like we've said. Yeah. But it, even if it's not close – I think it's a high-scoring game, and points are going to be scored. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to be like a 40-10 to five, 10 game, and yeah. we don't hit. So, But I'm banking on it being an over game. We're banking on it being close. Banking on it being Come close. on, please, Jayhawks, help us out here. Jayhawks. Jayhawks. Maybe even Texas. Let's go. Come on. Hook yeah. them. Hook them, Dylan. Hook them, Horns. There we go. Arkansas, plus six and a half. I think K.J. Jefferson mm-hmm. is the better quarterback here. I think Sam yep. Pittman. And the gang are going to be cooking up a yeah. win in Dallas, in Jerry's world. Colorado, plus 21 and a half. I think how we've talked about, I think the USC's defense is poor enough to where mm-hmm. they will give up points. And I think even if it's a backdoor cover spot, Colorado mm-hmm. will cover this game. It's been like a yeah. similar like Kansas-Texas game where Texas and USC are the better teams, but you could see a spot where both teams are scoring enough points to keep it relatively close. And then Nebraska plus 17, even if you want to buy points to get it up yeah. to like 18 to 19. I think uh. Michigan <laughs> has not been able to cover all year. They can't cover. They didn't cover last week against Rutgers. Let's go Rutgers, by the way. Anyway, you know, it's been the slow starts. And now they got to mm-hmm. go two on the road. And Nebraska, where allegedly it'll be another sold out game. Allegedly. Yeah. But you know, listen, let's see if Nebraska's got something up pulled up their sleeve. You know, they almost mm-hmm. beat them last time that or Michigan went there. They blew that game. So we'll see yeah. if it happens this week. So go through it one more time. Kansas, Texas over 61. Arkansas yeah. plus six and a half. Mm-hmm. Nebraska plus 17. 
and Colorado plus 21 and a half. Those are the four plays for the week. What I an episode. Them. Thank you. Thank yes, you. sir. What a long, good episode. It was a great episode. Now we get to just enjoy the games this weekend starting. Yeah. You know, we have Thursday night football tonight. You know, we get Friday night football tomorrow. Go rolling mm-hmm. into Saturday. So make sure you guys are subscribing to the podcast. Remember, we are 39 away from 100 subscribers. So keep subscribing if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. But also continue to view the podcast as the biggest thing. As long as we're getting views, I'm happy. You know, subscribers are extra yeah. little sprinkles and cherry on top. But if we're getting views, that's where the, the icing, the cake is, you know, right there. You know, got to have views exactly. to get the subscribers. So listen to us on Spotify down there and uh continue supporting the podcast we have mm-hmm. big time uh rebranding coming up very soon um yeah just have to finish up about one or two things could be ready by next podcast so yeah. keep an eye on that and uh enjoy the saturdays guys dylan any final thoughts just hit the notifications button please notifications. make sure you get notifications for when new podcast episodes drop big time notifications on subscribe mm-hmm. and watching the video that's all we ask for you guys enjoy your saturday and we'll see you guys next week for a recap yep peace out see you guys